Hey, what's up, tribe? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the TFC Audio Project Down Under. So this week, I'm joined by Dor Shearer, who is a martial artist and movement teacher based in Melbourne. Dor is also the co-founder of an online platform called Moving Creatures, which offers a really cool range of play-based movement games that parents can play with their kids. So we dig into this throughout the episode, along with Dor's inspiring journey with movement and martial arts, the concept of movement literacy and how it relates to academic learning, and the importance of cultivating a playful mindset in training and life. This week's episode is brought to you by TFC Beginner Beams. So we've been really loving the feedback and reviews on our current beam models, but one thing we hear pretty often is that they are a lot more challenging than they look, and they can be pretty tough on the feet when you first get into it. So this is great for building strength and resilience, but also can be a barrier for people who have some more significant foot or balance issues. So we're super excited to announce our latest model of balance beam, which are designed with a much wider and flatter surface, as well as built-in cradles for extra stability, making them the perfect tool for anyone young or old to start training their balance. Personally, I've also found that I've been getting into a much better flow on these beams and I've been having a much easier time combining it with our hacky sack training, which is perfect for developing foot dexterity and coordination. So we've just gone with the one size for these beams, which is 90 centimeters. So there's still plenty of room to play, but it does help keep shipping costs lower, especially for our international customers. Each beam comes with access to our online beam training system to guide you along your journey. And as ever, every beam purchase plants one tree to help reforest Australia through our partnership with Reforest Now. Check out the beams on our website. And if you'd like to grab one or any other products, then as a podcast listener, you can use the code down under to get 10% off your order. So, Dor, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, mate. Yeah, thank you for having me, finally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've been battling with a few technical issues, but we, we've got there, third time lucky. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, let's hope. And uh, yeah, I've been really excited to get you on the podcast ever since we connected a few weeks back um, through Instagram and then for a chat on the phone. And I really loved hearing about what you're up to. So um, maybe just for those who aren't aware of who you are and what you do, then we'll just start with a bit of background about yourself and yeah, what you do, why you do it, we can roll from there. Yeah, same. It's really, I'm really happy to connect finally. I really like uh, what you guys are doing and I think we really share similar values and vision. Absolutely. Um, so I'm Dor, I'm from Israel, I'm 39. Came to Australia about two years ago with my partner, Jordine. She's a dancer and she's finishing her master's in dance movement therapy. So. We're here, uh, currently teaching in the VCA, University of Melbourne, the dance and theater, un, un, how do you say it, ungraduate? Uh, undergraduate. Uh, undergraduate, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I teach them uh, movement and martial arts. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so really. you, you teach martial arts at the dance school as well? It's... Yeah, it's kind of a preparation for their movement routine. I'm like a, a good warm-up, so we go yeah. through general movement ideas and through capoeira a bit of kind of uh, bjj things Epic. contact impro but now it's mainly zoom because of the lockdown here in melbourne so i, uh, do, I do my best you know yeah yeah i can imagine how hard teaching martial arts and dance by zoom yeah Although the dancers are so talented, it's just yeah. amazing. You can teach them in one hour through Zoom what I teach in six months. No, wow. no, no people. Yeah. Jeez. It's, 
Yeah, it kind of relates to to my actually my project I'm going to talk about. Yeah. Um, so I do that. Um, my background is martial arts. I do I practice capoeira for more than twenty years, and also BJJ, and I dance contact impro and Gaga method and yoga, and and in general, I try to move as much as as often. Mm-hmm. Also, barefooting, love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah, that's, why, yeah. that's why we get along. Yeah, yeah. I'm also a bit of a of a foot nerd, as you call it. Yeah, uh, squatting, hanging, everything you can do in between. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's hard to. Sorry to interrupt, but I, I no, think right. it's really hard to be into all of that movement stuff, like um, martial arts and dance and all of that, and not be into barefooting. Don't you reckon? Because it yeah. just seems so obvious that. If you dance and do martial arts barefoot, then it kind of makes sense to do everything else barefoot or as much as possible. I think yes and no. I think that I did. You do martial arts or my martial arts barefoot, and yeah. but through the majority of the years, it didn't like transform to my everyday oh, life. Okay, all right. Yeah, I just I I was a lot in the studio, many hours barefoot. But you know, everybody's walking with shoes, so you walk with shoes. But True. I think like three years ago. I had a calling to say like my feet wants to break free. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, I I wasn't aware of the of like the foot collective or this kind of uh, tribe of people who like barefooting. I just did it, and then after I I it felt so good. I started to see people with this this like kind of barefoot shoes and right. uh, all this uh, the tribe, and and I really connected to it. Also to the balance and playfulness, everything you do. Yeah. So it was oh, like, yeah, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just came about like that. Yeah, and it probably did it click a bit easier. Like going, oh yeah, well I do all my movement practice barefoot. It kind of makes sense that I would do other things barefoot then. It just, I don't know. I think as I grow older, I listen to my body. Mm-hmm. This listening brought it. It's mm-hmm. like it came so natural, and it felt so good. Like I did. I started to do like. A, nature tracking, climbing mountains barefoot. Mm. It felt like 10 times better. I felt like I truly connect with what's going on and I have to adapt to different like terrains. And, and then, yeah, it kind of felt the whole body felt better. It's uh, just came naturally. And and afterwards I started to be read a bit on Katie Bowman stuff and got into your work and, yeah, I'm. I'm really. I'm. I'm just taking my socks off while I'm talking uh, no. about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. It does. It does just feel so much better. Hey, it's like a. It's one of those things that once you experience, it, you're like, oh yeah, what what am I doing with shoes on? I can just go barefoot. Yeah. It's freeing. It's yeah. You get a better connection with nature and whatever you're walking on, and yeah, it's like a a beautiful massage for the feet as well. Depending, yeah. Depending on what you're walking on. <laughs> But I think what you guys are doing and what I'm trying to do is it's a kind of to be a constant reminder. Mm. You know, I think we we are we need those establishments or those places where like kind of re- remind of remind us of these rituals of yeah. doing things. And then when you see a lot of people uh, like like minded, then you kind of get motivated and, and reminded to do it over and over again because culture in general is not doing it, you know. So you're yeah. like the resistance, and you need some <laughs> some fellow 
fellow warrior is with you. That, that's a really that's a really good point, actually, because the the default setting, I suppose, in modern society is to sit down, to wear shoes, um, to you know just generally, I guess, be sedentary. And unless you have those reminders of other people or um, things in your environment that encourage you to move or to go barefoot, then you might just go. You, you more than likely you're just adopt the default position yeah. of being still and wearing shoes. Um, so having, having like the community, like the Instagram community, for instance, is a really cool way to go, Oh, that's right. I want to balance on something today or oh, I want to go for a barefoot walk somewhere. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you get inspired. And I yeah. think maybe it's because we have this mirror neurons that we tend to imitate what's going on around us. We want to like, we're social beings. So, we need we need to find people that inspire us also yeah, yeah. outside the mainstream so remind yeah. us you're not the only crazy one you know what i mean maybe you're the yeah. the only normal one or natural <laughs> you know natural versus normal it's a, it's a exactly question. yeah well it's yeah it's something we've talked about on the podcast before that it is weird to be healthy these days you've got to be you've got to be weird mm. to go and play <laughs> play out in nature or to go for a barefoot walk or to to um you know, yeah, it's, it's, there's all these weird things that someone ha that you have to do now in order to live more in accordance with your nature, which is, which is a weird situation in itself. Yeah. yeah it's good to be weird. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, yeah, you've obviously had a, a really rich movement background, um, something that I, I'm kind of jealous of really. I wish I'd delved as deep into all of those things, but it, nice. I'm on my own, my own journey of, of exploring a lot of those different things as well. And never um, too late. Never yeah. too late. Exactly. Definitely. It's always, always an ongoing journey. And um, I was just, I mean, I'm stoked to hear more about the journey with what you're doing with moving creatures um, yeah. because that, that I've speaking of inspiration, I found that very inspiring of what, what you're uh, creating with you. that platform. So yeah, hit us with the, with the background and, on, and the vision on that. Sure. Sure. Thank you. So moving creatures is my new baby. I started it three years ago. Uh, basically we create uh, movement games. Uh, to inspire people to move through play. We do it uh, like for all ages. And we primarily focus this uh, in the start with parents and kids. Mm -hmm. And we create games to play inside the house where you can do like things with mundane objects. And we recently created a product called Moving Nature. It has more than 80 movement games we created. Mm -hmm. And we keep on kind of dropping a new game every week or every every now and then to to inspire people to move more and that's the idea of to remind them like it's more of an approach yeah and yeah the the idea in our games is that both both parents and ch and children move together so it's kind of reciprocal the what my child does then I do and we there is no kind of hierarchy. I'm the parent and you're the child. We, we, we play together and we learn from one another. Like the child reminds the, the parent what it is to be like playful, to, to connect to his inner child. And the, the parent is, is being reminded and is modeling like playfulness behavior, playful behavior to his child and shows him like, you never get too old to play. You yeah. know, that's a play is a state of mind and we should be there always. And for me, I get motivated to move and I move a lot through play. 
I just, I think it's the best way to learn, to, to enjoy, to develop, to, yeah, to find challenges in a, in a kind of a safe environment. I love it in martial arts. I love it in dance. I love it in surfing. Like I just, mm. uh, I, and I'll tell you the truth. I feel better today in 39, although I'm training mo- majority of my life better physically than I've ever felt. Yeah. And, yeah. Also mentally. Just yeah. want to share it with as many people as I can. Yeah. Thanks to the play, the play-based approach. Yeah. Yeah. And and um, something you said there, I think, is really important to emphasize is that it's a it's a reciprocal thing between the child and the parent, and that's what I really love because the current culture, I suppose, the way the way it's sort of done mostly is that kids play you know it's expected that kids will want to play but the parents just go and generally will go and help facilitate them to play by going to a playground and saying yeah go play but it's not the parents actually playing with the kids at least not when it comes to movement maybe they play different board games or things like that but um you know i think that probably stems from the you know the overwhelming sedentary culture that we have and parents just like you know, they're just not used to moving and they're certainly not um, used to moving in ways that a child can move. Yeah. But like you said, it, it shouldn't be something that gets lost. It should be something that uh, is always there. And, and if if we never stopped playing with movement like we did when we were a child, then we'd never lose that capacity. Yeah, I think it's a 100%. It's a, it's a misconception of the society when like, you get to some kind of age and then you stop playing because you're an adult now. You know? yeah. I think like the best adults and I, probably the most successful ones are the most playful ones. Like, uh, never lose that, that playfulness. In, in, the, in the mind, the way you approach ideas and in the body as well, it's like it's all connected. So yeah. I think... What I like about what we do is that when you become a parent, it's it's a perfect time to change because mm. you want to be better for your child. You want to set a good example. And and this reciprocal connection is is so beautiful because you you see you have like a second childhood for your child and you can experience movement for movement not for any like what is pure play it's you do it for itself it's so beautiful it's like you live to live yeah and you know i'm not going to do it so i can you know be more healthy or i need to i don't know when you go to the gym i want to have a better body or etc you just do it because because it's fun and yeah. because it's rewarding for itself and you grow and you, and you learn. And that's what I'm all about. And yeah, I think it's a good story to tell you how I got to it. Cause, yeah. cause that's how it leads to the, to this idea of reciprocal uh, connection with, with a student basically. So yeah. So basically I'll go 21 years ago. I started the Capoeira, the, which is a very, very, I don't know, it's not very known in Australia, but it's a Brazilian martial art, which you say joga capoeira, you play capoeira, you don't mm-hmm. fight capoeira. So it's yeah. kind of a mixture be- between a dance and a fight, and it's very playful. And um, it has m- live music and singing, and it's it was just the best party in town for me. I was like reborn when I found that. Yeah. I, I, I highly recommend it. You do have capoeira here in Australia, so... Um, 
And then I, I got drafted to the army for three years. It's mandatory in Israel. Yeah. And when, when, I, when I left the army, my, my biggest dream was to, to go to Brazil, the, the land of Capoeira, and play with the, the highest level and get to know the biggest masters, uh, masters of Capoeira. And I spent a year there. And I was truly inspired by, by my master. His name is uh, Mestre Camisa. And the work he did with, uh, with people from real poverty, with, from the favelas, the, the poverty area. And he kind he, he, they kind of he got them out of drugs and into being amazing athletes and, and performer and martial artists through Capoeira. I was super inspired wow. by how he, how he connected this, yeah this martial art to a social movement yeah. and it was unbelievable. He, he gave them pride and, and health and honor and That's amazing. Yeah. I, I was, I was, is a, is a great man and, and a great thinker also. And so then I, after a year went back to Israel and I, I decided to do the same. So I moved to the South of Israel to a real uh, rural place in the desert. And I went to, to study there, education and psychology, and I started to teach capoeira. Right. And yeah, I started to teach in the most rural places in Israel, really small kind of periphery, uh, more poor background. And my first, my first student for capoeira, he was 13. His name is uh, Shavit, and he's now my co, co-founder in Moving Creature. So it starts with him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really a, a heartwarming story. And yeah. so I taught like for five, six years Capoeira in the South. And Shavit was always, he was a kid that didn't finish high school. Really was really hard for him school, like normal school. But in Capoeira, he was like unbelievable. He had an amazing intelligence for movement and for teaching also kids like emotional intelligence so when he was 16 i made him my assistant coach and he was so natural james he was like the most natural teacher i've I've ever met and this is a kid who got pounded like (sighs) in school and from a really poor background but he was shining there so i learned a lot from him and anyways then it was his turn to get drafted to the army. He went to the army for three years, was a, had a rough time there, was quite a serious situation. And I went back to Tel Aviv, my, uh, my, main, my main home most of the years, and I opened the martial arts and dance studio in Tel Aviv. I did that for five years. And I found that, that again, I am in the resistance, and it's very hard to... To bring a lot of people to do martial arts and dance, it actually requires a lot of effort from people, and and it's hard to afford it. So after five years, I closed the studio, right. and I was in kind of like, what do I do with my life now, and where am I going? So I went to Brazil, and I took Shavit with me. I kind of I huh. promised him and his dad since he was thirteen, I would take him to to. To Brazil and to to experience like the biggest masters and to compete in the biggest competitions and that wow. kid that kid was like he's not a kid like that man <laughs> he was he was a warrior he came out like a warrior and 
he didn't he didn't he doesn't speak English or Portuguese and so that's why it was important for me to take him and like we always kept in touch I, and it's really one of the best long-term relationship I ever had and we're yeah. super different me and him like super different backgrounds and 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 here starts the reciprocal uh, kind of relationship because I was in a place in my life that I was I was kind of I was pretty much down I didn't know what to do I, my my biggest dream of the studio kind of ended and I was in a real crossroad and he really picked me up there in Brazil he kind of showed me who I am for for him and he reminded me of like you know what I need to do and we we After four months together in Brazil, we had an amazing time. And uh, I decided that like, I, like Shavit found what he wants to do in life through Capoeira, I would try and go to this kind of, of youth and influence them like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I went hardcore when I came back to, to education. I worked six years with refugees and youth at risk. Back in Israel? Or... Yeah, yeah, back yeah. in Israel, yeah. in Tel Aviv this time, but there was like a school for refugees and oh, youth at risk, uh, right. a very, very famous one. I went into the deep ends and I said, I want to educate. I want to like, I taught history and literature wow. and I taught a lot of movement. Yeah. Like I put it in and and I'm, I'm real, I'm like, a, I have this character of an entrepreneur. So I created for each one of my students, a personalized education plan. So each one had a mentor mm. and he, he, every year he, he could choose what he wants to learn. And I found a mentor in the society and like that will accompany him through the year, through like follow his bliss, follow his dream. Yeah. So I did that for six years and it was very it was a beautiful time very challenging also you're like everything for them when you're an educator for this kind of youth mm. and um, and yeah and then yeah and then like a bit a rough time my dad passed away pretty young passed like at 65 and um, That I had a big realization when my dad passed he my dad was a great dad but he was very like he never took care of his health he, right. he was overweight he was smoking he, he never did any movement like he was from the people who kind of went to a restaurant he parked on the restaurant just not to <laughs> just not to walk and you know it was kind of a parenting. A style of an old school parenting where he took care of everything I, I needed, but he, we ne- he never played with me, never touched mm. me, never you know it was all very sedentary and talking and we never met on the physical on the physical uh, plane. Yeah, yeah. And when when he was in the hospital, I, I, I understand that the, the only time I ever touched him was when I'm you know helping him now in the hospital which is mm. like a life wasted for me like and I kind of I was there like three months in the hospital and and I came with a realization that I this is my this is going to be my life journey to that people will to to try to connect in different ways and also that you 
he could have lived m- many more years like he died from western culture diseases yeah you know yeah. he, he could have lived at least i believe like at least 20 30 years if he only were in a different mindset about his body but you know it is what it is and mm. i i want to make a difference and then um and then it's funny i, I shavit was uh like a, uh, again helped me in that in that time picked me up and he he started to play with his nephew amazing games in the house he was really shavit by then became the the most successful coach of capoeira in the south in the same place as wow. i used to teach yeah wow <laughs> like in the poverty in the really rural areas but he was extraordinary like he has a waiting list from here to i don't know he where. he's unbelievable That's yeah amazing yeah is, is he is he still over there teaching yeah yeah 100 yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah and and we we run the business like through through zoom basically yeah okay and uh, i got inspired by him to i saw the way he moves with his uh, nephew and the way he kind of develops his coordination and things i've never seen anybody that do with, with young ones mm. and then everything kind of clicked and i told him listen we got to share this with the world. And mm. I came with all the, my entrepreneuring skills and, and we just went on this journey called Moving Creatures. And three years after we have, we are selling worldwide and inspiring people all around the world. We have partners in Canada as well. And we kind of, we, we, nobody does it in the world except of us. Like we basically are, we kind of created this Bible of every, every week to create a movement game that people haven't experienced with their kids and to touch more. And yeah, that, that's, a, that's my journey. I hope it wasn't too long, but no, not at all. I it's kind it. of connected to what I do and my message. I'm very For passionate sure. about it. Yeah. Yeah, and hearing the story behind something, I think, is just as important about uh, just as important as hearing the actual concept. I think, um, and it is a it's a very interesting point that you make about how, well, just how you you were saying that you never really connected with your father on the physical level, um, and I think that would be the case for a lot of people. And um, for me, one of my sort of fondest memories. Uh, growing up was we used to have rough and tumble time where we'd mm. set up a big bunch of pillows and um, like mattresses and things like that. And um, that we had three, three of us boys and one, we had one little sister and we'd all play rough and tumble where dad would kind of throw us around and, wow. and we'd sort of, you know, play that kind of safe, you know, safe, kind of risky, I suppose, but relatively safe, but just very, very much interacting on a physical level. And it was, it was always like our favorite time, like, oh, we get to play rough and tumble. It's <laughs> like, you get to let out all this um, sort of, I guess, pent up energy and, and um, yeah. express your physicality in this way that was, I guess, is usually frowned upon in, in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. And even, even not just rough and tumble play, but um yeah connecting with parents and kids connecting physically i think is a a really important thing um and it's something that we've been doing from from an evolutionary perspective it's been we've been doing it for millennia um and it's only really a recent thing that that's stopped i think yeah it's funny you tell that story and i see that glitter in your eyes and and i get emotional because for me i like i know i'm doing what i'm supposed to do because this really 
yeah, it's it's beautiful to hear. Like this is the things we remember. You know, yeah. The, way, the hands on because I, I teach kids for many many years and kids connect through the body. They don't want to connect with you through talking. They're not going to do a podcast now. No. They want to play. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and they learn through through the body and they learn through touch and they learn through through different variation of different games and what we're trying to do is uh, i call it um, movement literacy we want them to to explore a range of different abilities that they can develop because the the it's the perfect time when you grow up like zero to six is the prime time for your brain development mm-hmm. it's the the plasticity is at it at its peak and what a better way to do it, like just do it with your family and you also help them and they move more and, you know, you, you connect on a, on a deeper level. And, and what you said about the culture is that, yeah, I'm teaching for, I think, 15 years and I can, I can actually see the decline in the in physical condition with kids and youth, even the students I teach, mm. like put aside the dancer, which have amazing movement literacy, which you see that. And that's a, a good example of dancers because they danced all their life. They can imitate everything you do very, very fast and, and get it. And that's, I think it's important as, you know, like reading and writing, how to yeah. move for your body. Yeah. And, and you can create so much, you know, just expose. It's, it's, a, it's really a language in itself, really, the language of movement. And it's something that like, you, know, you just referred to it as movement literacy. And that's the perfect word for it, or the perfect expression for it, because it is like learning a language. And, and yet it is vastly ignored, I think, in our schooling system, we're all very big on numeracy and, 100%. and we get taught, you know, the, the intricacies of language and mathematics and all of that. And yet the physical education is not, I don't think is really proper physical education. It's more just, um, you know, pl- learning sports and, yeah. you know, running and swimming and things like that, which is, it's all great stuff, but it's not truly learning the language of movement. I don't yeah. think. And it's not, what we try to do is what you call the meta of movement. It's not about if you go and play footy or soccer, you, pl- you learn a, a specific technique. So you get good at that. But what about the other thing? Yeah. Um, just an example, my, uh, my partner, Jordine, she's a dancer and she's an amazing mover. But be- I don't know, she probably never been thrown a lot a ball, maybe because she was a, a girl when she was growing up. So for her to catch and throw a ball is not the best, you know, mm. it's, it's really, and, and that's because she didn't do it as much, you know, yeah. when she was growing up. And I, I'm trying to kind of cover the, all the planes of movement you can have. And, and I don't think it's, and, and it's funny because now with neuroscience, you show that you actually can solve so many things for, for children with movement and for adults. And mm. the, the way we learn reading and writing and math connects to movement. Absolutely. And, and yeah. you can like through like cross movement and crossing the midline and all kind of stuff, you can actually really improve the, the, where you learn numbers or writing and reading. Yeah. Yeah. In so fact, it's all connected. Fact, 
Yeah, and there's a there's actually a book you you'd probably be interested in. Actually, it's called Smart Moves. Yeah, I read um, it twice. <laughs> oh, okay, right there you go. Yeah, yeah. So that she talks about in that book how the activation of the vestibular system through yeah. movement and balance and you know learning new skills, um, learning new movement skills, uh, is an amazing way to enhance neuroplasticity and to enhance learning and. Um, again, it's something that's really ignored. Like it's not just about the importance of kids learning the language of movement in order to, um, you know, be confident movers and to prevent musculoskeletal injuries and all of that stuff, which is really important, but it actually helps their numeracy and literacy as well. And it's, um, it's all very interconnected and and yet uh, largely ignored in the traditional system. So, the the author Carla Hangoff, I think, the, of yeah. Smart Move. Yeah. yeah. So she wrote it like twenty years ago, and and I think she was a pioneer in that in that aspect because today it's much more known. Like, yes. And, and yeah. because neuroscience is so kind of hyping, and it should. I think the thing with her with Smart Moves, she was really promoting. I don't know. You probably read it, Brain Gym. Yeah, that's right. And, Brain gym is like a set of exercises to of movement to to evoke this kind of learning abilities. But I'll tell you the truth, it's it's boring. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's it's the it's this let's do exercises, and I'm not into exercise. I'm no. like let's make it playful, let's make it fun, let's make it creative, imaginative. Let the kids create. You know. Yeah. That's the way I like it. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think you're spot on. To be honest, I I didn't actually look very much into exactly what she was promoting for the movement. I just sort of took the concept and I was yeah. like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I applied it to how I would apply it, which again is is play-based and, yeah. you know, balancing on beams and playing with hacky sacks and, you know, moving around on the ground in different ways. And I think all of that stuff is is so key. And, and yeah, it's it's very different. Kids don't like to do exercise. And and I, th- I think really neither do adults unless no. there's like a really big meaning behind it. Like unless they're like, oh, you know, you're training for something specifically that gives you a sense of purpose. But really it, it's play is the way to go um, yeah. when it comes to sustainable movement. I think it's the way to go and it's also an, an amazing way to connect. Mm. It's uh like you, when you, you go barefooting, you really connect to the ground. So when you play with another person or with your child or with a group of people, you you connect in different levels. And um, uh, we, we always say like the world is our playground. We can have so much, there is so much potential to, mm. to play with with objects and with people and connect. And like, we now, we know each other now only like, in the mental space, but I'm sure when we get uh, like yeah. when I when I come to to Brisbane, we can uh, connect in a lot of different playful ways. Yeah, adds no, a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You can connect. It's a different. It's a different form of connection. And what you said about the environment, like uh, I've said it before, or maybe I wrote it in a blog or something. But play is really the way you can connect with your environment and having a play is like a mindset like you could mm-hmm. you could be walking through it doesn't matter any environment really um you know it could be an urban environment or a natural environment but if you look at the environment with a playful attitude then you'll find ways to interact 
with that environment in a fun, enjoyable way generally. And it, I find it a lot easier, I suppose, in, in nature. It's like the more time I've been spending out in nature and yeah. at, a, at a sort of nature um, nature campus in progress um, at Bush One, yeah. it's, it keeps saying like, this is just the ultimate playground. Like there's dead trees, there's a creek and that you can rock hop up on and you can actually, to be honest, there's not many trees that you can climb. They're all really tall and straight mm. with branches but (laughs) there's dead trees to balance on and there's mountains to hike and explore and it's just this this awesome playground that is just there for us at all times um as long as you sort of have the confidence to interact with it but if you don't learn the language of movement if you're really not confident in your movement then suddenly that that um environment becomes like more of a risky place full of obstacles that things that hurt and things that are hard to navigate um and it suddenly doesn't become uh very fun anymore (laughs) yeah you need to go with baby steps if you never yeah yeah you've never been encountered but (laughs) yeah i think when you start to play with things then suddenly you see opportunities and suddenly the world is more meaningful for you and like for example now Like, uh, I'm really into surfing, especially since I came to Australia. And now when you look at the sea, you see opportunities, you know, and you see opportunities to play and you kind of, you can analyze each wave and the way you can, you know, surf on it and you can just watch it for hours. And I always loved the ocean, but now I have a, a different layer. And I'm sure like when you go to the bush now, you, oh so many things so many options you look at textures or places yeah you can jump or walk yeah and even we we were talking about this on another episode but even the the sort of traditional idea of work for instance we've been building stuff out there and and sort of landscaping and even though it's work because we're digging stuff and we're using crowbars and shovels and mattocks and all of this stuff we're really working our body it's really creative and it's mm. it feels like play in itself where we're like, oh, what can we create? Oh, we're going to make yeah. this, this rock wall and this terrace and we get to move our body in a way that um, eventually means that we have a new new spot to sort of colonize, you know, a new oh. spot to put stuff on and, and um, a new spot to hang out in and, and whatever. And um, I think, you know, along the lines of what you said about the ocean w- – that is the power of learning movement skills is it transforms an environment as just, you know, just as something nice to look at into something that you can interact with in, in all of these different ways. And that's a really beautiful thing. Yeah. So first of all, I'm dying to go to what you oh, yeah. created and yeah. hopefully soon borders will open. Hopefully. Yeah. I'll drop by. And I think, yeah, but it's not only like I am now in Melbourne and, there's so many options to move. Like mm. I love, I'm balancing on, on, on just, I don't know how you call it, like rails in the street. I'm, yep. I'm jumping over. Uh, I'm kind of doing this, my freestyle parkouring. Like just, I, I, I'm the guy who's dancing in the, in the street light or while I'm waiting <laughs> for the coffee. I'm just, nice. everything is, up, is an opportunity. And every, I, I see the city. I also walk a lot barefoot and people really give me the, the weird looks in the <laughs> yeah. city. Is like extra weird. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And 
yeah, but but opportunity is everywhere. And and again, it's a, like you said, it's a mindset. Even when I go to to buy my groceries, I'm, I'm or cooking, I'm saying to myself, how can I make it more playful? So mm-hmm. how can I get out of my comfort zones? Maybe I'll go to a different section, buy something completely new, and start you know, cooking with it and playing with it. And yeah. it's, it's a mode of curiosity and, and, and yeah. It, it's exploration. I like to think of it exactly. as, as creativity and exploration. And um, yeah, it's, it spices, spices your life up. You know, if you're just constantly doing the same thing, um, the same workout routine or cooking the same food or walking the same route or, or whatever, then yeah, life, it, gets a bit boring or it, yeah, it's just too monotonous. Whereas your body and your, I think your brain really, um, thrives on novelty and, mm. um, and, you know, both from an enjoyment perspective and also from a, like a neuroplasticity kind of yeah. point of view, the adaptability of the brain, um, it's really use it or lose it. Like the more you challenge it and, and get it to do different things, then the better it gets at doing different yeah. things. And then it's a, it's a positive cycle. Do, do you know the podcast of Andrew Huberman? Mm. Yeah. It's one of my yeah. favorites. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Also. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if you saw, he has, I think chapter seven, he, he talks about brain plasticity when you're an adult. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I actually thought about uh, the beam, uh, mm. the thing you have on your website. Uh, when he when he said he said that uh, one of the ways, like when you when you are above twenty five, you need to to you know to focus when you want to learn something, and and there is all kind of uh, of uh, tricks to to focus and to tell your brain, okay, I want you to build now new pathways. And, and one of them is being out of balance. Yeah, yeah. So because what it does, it's like it signals your brain to that something like is wrong and it's got to focus. It's like evolutionary kind of uh, circuit. So I, I, after that, I started to, while I, I wanted to work on things that were difficult or create in my business, I did it when I was uh, on my Slack line. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, the way. Yeah, and, and for me, like, anyways, balancing, it's really relaxing. I don't know what, but it, for me, it's like a meditation. And mm. um, also what he said in that podcast is about that, especially adults need to go to this kind of... Uh, mode of frustration of not succeeding and that's that's the main i've been teaching this for years i am really feedbacking failures when i teach um uh, all the time like uh when when i teach the movers i was like great crash great failure (laughs) like because i want to promote not the success i want to promote the process and i want to promote the the trial and the error and and that's for me is playful because when you are in this playful mindset of like the process is it that I do the thing for itself and not for some kind of outside outcome, then then you actually feel the growth. And then like as, as Andrew Uberman says, then you go have a deep sleep and you learn something new. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I found that really interesting as well and, and could apply it to the beams and the hacky sacks and just that sort of non-judgmental practice like you're not getting on the beam 
like I mean you are with the goal of staying on it but it doesn't matter if you fall off you just you just step down and you get back on step down and get back on it and in that sense it really is exactly like a moving meditation because that's the whole essence of meditation anyway is trying to bring your focus on one thing um and if your focus strays from that then you catch yourself and you return to you know you begin again is the idea um at least of mindfulness meditation and just having that begin again mindset and not um beating yourself up for for failing um, in in quotes um and i think something like a one of the cardinal rules of hacky sack which is something that really i really love is is it's no sorries so (laughs) if you're if you're in a group of people playing hacky sack and you mess it up then you don't say sorry because it's like oh it's all it's all just part of the game there's no need to say sorry um and if you say even some people play that if you say sorry then people you get a ball thrown at you (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah it's like uh it's in the spirit of play it's there's no need to apologize when you're playing because it's just you you're learning and connecting and if you mess it up it doesn't matter you just go again yeah my partner says when she's teaching like fail fail again fail better you know this expression it's nice yeah yeah that is good yeah, because you do learn. Like that's the thing. It's not. Yeah. It's not like you just fail, 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 and you don't worry about it. Like you don't worry about it, but you learn from that failure. Um, and sometimes that learning. Well, I, th- I think a lot of the time, especially when you're, um, especially with movement skills, a lot of the learning is subconscious. Like mm-hmm. on the beam, you're not really For sure. thinking like, oh, I need to fire my glute medius a bit more in this position. <laughs> um, your, your brain just takes the data and goes, oh, okay, I need to change yeah. this. And then it trials another another pattern. And then it goes, okay, I need to change this. And then just trial, 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 trial. But it's constantly figuring out yeah. um, how to better succeed at the next at the next zone. But then sometimes feedback about your technique is helpful. And, yeah, it's um, you know, the, with the beam, it's pretty simple because it's just literally stand on this piece of metal or piece of wood. Um, so you don't really need feedback per se from a coach, but for a, a more complex skill like dance or martial arts, it can be really helpful to have a bit of feedback like that. Yeah, I think uh, feedback is crucial mm. in general for learning. That's a, a proven fact. Uh, it's an art how to feedback people. Yeah, uh, I, I used to teach teachers how like the art of feedback. It's uh, and I'm still learning it. Of course, it's. Uh, uh, it's an amazing tool. And yeah, I think what you said resonates with me with like, again, with this presence when you, I like, you know, the, the, the book flow and the, mm, the that's flow one of my experience. favorites as well. Yeah. As I, in I, I'm really into it. Yeah. The, yeah. the guy who has the longest name. Ever yeah. Yeah. Chick sent me high. Chick sent me high. And, uh, <laughs> I think what creates flow is exactly it's almost synonymous to play when you look at the definitions and this idea of when you are facing some kind of a challenge if it's a movement challenge or or whatever challenge then you are you don't have enough of uh like um how, how do i say like you don't have enough of concentration to focus on yourself about who am i what am i you know you're losing your uh, egoism for a moment and then you are losing the sense of time because you are totally immersed 
immersed in the in the experience mm -hmm. and and it's just the best feeling and like you feel alive you feel i'm i'm doing it and I, and i'm that's that's the enjoyment and yeah. and and for me that's play that's why i th i feel when i found capoeira when i was yeah 17 i was like it was a revelation to me how how much i can enjoy doing this you know yeah. and and i think the thing with sports is that it, you got to watch out there it's like kind of a it, it it can be it can be a trap sometimes because of the culture we live in because after a while maybe you're you're stuck playing for the inward for the inward motivation and you start playing for the outward motivation for example if you have mm -hmm. belts or competitions and you want it for your you know your status in the team or in, yeah. if you're a professional and i think uh you i really kind of in this last years kind of took those shells off and and really enjoy doing it for doing it and really trying to be focused on what i'm doing when i'm doing and and it's just my, my body feels amazing and also my mind you know it's all connected and i feel it's about it's, it's a part of this growing up and that's a part of what i'm trying to do with moving creatures is to yeah our dream is not to be only on parents and kids is to be like for everyone for for like uh people who are elderly for people with yeah. uh, and you you know younger people for people with uh, mental disabilities or with challenge everyone everyone should enjoy this and it's it's just so enjoyable to me to wake up and to work slash play in what what i dream what's my passion so i'm very yeah, yeah and i think i think that's such a such a an awesome dream because it kind of makes sense to start with kids and parents because there's a lot of there's a big opportunity there for for that connection and and kids like you said kids can sort of teach parents to get into that playful mode and and um you know almost teach them how to re reteach them how to move i suppose um or how to explore movement yeah and then parents get you know all the benefit of that movement and that connection with their child and also model model to their child what i suppose a, a big part of good parenting is um so it makes sense to start there, but at the same time, you know, we're all humans, we're all creatures that need to move. Yeah. <laughs> um, no matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, no matter what kind of, um, you know, disability you may have or what your background is, then we all really need movement in our lives for so many different reasons. Um, yeah. And it's, I think it's just as important as eating food and it is, it is a form yeah. of nutrient. And like, you know, 100%. we've both read Katie Bowman, so we're on the same page there. Um, but it's just as important as food. And um, I love the concept. And this is similar to what what we're doing. Um, and it, the way I like to think about what we're doing is we're kind of teaching, sort of teaching people how to eat or how to cook mm. with with movement. You know, just it's just the same as you need to learn how to cook healthy, delicious nutritious food that's a mm. skill it's also a skill to sort of move in a way that's enjoyable and good for your body yeah, um, and it's wholesome. yeah and it's wholesome and so having online platforms and and different tools that teach people how to 
consume those movement nutrients um, in an enjoyable way, I think is really, really powerful. So it's, um, I'm super excited by what you're doing. Yeah. Do, do you know, uh, do you know John Verveke and, and the meaning crisis? Uh, I don't think so, actually. Uh, so everyone who's listening to this, you got to check it out. It's okay. a, there's 50, it's a series of, of, uh, of 50 hours. This guy is a, a professor in Canada and it's, he talks a lot about this, uh, connection between uh, spirituality, body, mind, cognitive science. It's just right. the best. It's like the course I always wanted to have in, in the uni and I never had. And I just, really? I took like ha- almost a year to finish it. And I used to summarize everything. It's, it's genius. Huh. I'll send, I'll send it to you. You can share it with the yeah. audience. And yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable, but I'll just make it really short. He says, we, it's connected to what you said. It says we have a meaning crisis in, in modern society. Basically, uh, most of society is secular and we are disconnected. Like we are kind of believers in science, but science doesn't give us any answers mm. for, or, or ways how to live through the mm. science. It just gives you facts. Yeah, and it's also science is very reductive, and it doesn't it gives you um, like knowledge, but it doesn't give you participatory knowledge, knowing yeah, yeah. like this ways of knowing that is feeling the, and he, he says that basically what what we are experiencing in the culture this there is like a, an increase of suicide and depression and lack of meaning in general because. We kind of killed our establishments like of, of religion and stuff because mm. of the history, but we didn't replace it with anything. Mm. So he, basically, uh, it's like 50 hours of, of a genius uh, professing, uh, but he says that one of the ways to create meaning in life is to connect this flow. Uh, he, he relates a lot to the flow and to like states of mind, higher states of mind that you can you can create uh, with play for example yeah. and when you experience them frequently you have a sense of a more meaningful life because you are participating in something that is actually bigger than you yeah and that's the thing why both of us really talk a lot about this connection it's it's sometimes it's you feel it more than you can explain it you feel that ah I'm not alone in this world. I am actually a part of something amazing and mm. big. Feel it mm. with, when you're in nature. You feel it when you see that kind of thing in the eye, when you, you encounter another person and you see, ah, that's actually me in a different angle. You yeah. know, giving his gift to the world is like a flower. And and I feel when when I'm really starting to feel that more and more, like I feel... And, and, and when I, when I connect it, I feel the world is playful and, and that's, it's a very similar again to the, to the, to the definition of play, to do something for itself. Mm. I, I used to ask my students, why to live? You live to live. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's a really cool way yeah. to look at it. Yeah. It's like, what's the, what's like the, the meaning of life is <laughs> just to live, just, just, just enjoy it. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
and and to play and, and to, to play, yeah. and, and to really and and I feel it and I think that's what I felt in the first capoeira circle or the first wave I ever took is this sense of like this loss of self this momentarily loss of time and you feel so alive mm. you know you feel ah this is what it's all about it's like you're you're in love again with the world <laughs> that's why i'm very very passionate about what you guys are doing i feel it's in on that vibe and i'm really happy that uh we finally had this talk and and and, and w- one thing i think is that for all the people who are listening as well we need to to come to combine forces we need mm-hmm. to be a tribe of all these people who are talking this language and that's the way to create a, what John Verveke says is still the culture it's it comes from the from the bottom up we steal uh, yeah. the culture we yeah. are the example and then we can actually make a bigger impact on, on society and, and culture for yeah. sure yeah I think I think that's such a an important point and that's I think that's why I was so drawn to the foot collective as well as it wasn't just some guy saying oh I think bare feet is good it's like it's a collective of people who are yeah. all on the same wavelength um, and we're trying to attract um, you know people who think the same way but also trying to shift the culture from the ground up because there's yeah. so many from so the many ground forces. Up, exactly yeah. Right. yeah from the feet up from the feet up yeah <laughs> because there's so many forces at play that have vested interests, like powerful forces that have vested interest in people not going barefoot and, you know, staying yeah. in their cushioned, comfy shoes and, and so on and so forth. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a big task to change that, but it, it, the only way we can change it is with a collective effort. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that, I guess that might be a good place to wrap this one up. And also, I'm aware that you're going to have to head off soon. Um, yeah, but I feel you. like we could chat for hours. Yeah, um, for sure. So we'll have to do, do it a, again. a follow-up. Yeah. yeah, hopefully when you – maybe when you make it up to Bush One, we can do a podcast oh, in the bush. I would love that. <laughs> uh, just open the borders, open yeah. society so we can play more. But, yeah. yeah, it's going to take a bit more time. Yeah, yeah. but, um, yeah, I'm keen to explore uh, – like the concept of dance therapy and a bit more about your background you mentioned a few other things. So we'll, um, we'll save that for the next podcast and, um, otherwise thanks again for coming on. Yeah, James, it was a real pleasure. Thank you for having me. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk again soon. And we'll link everything, everything that we like, we'll link your website, moving creatures in the show notes and, um, we'll link that, uh, maybe that thing that you were talking about with John Viveki. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah and just, the flow, what we talked. Uh, yeah, moves. yeah. So everyone, everyone can check it all out and smart moves. So yeah, awesome, man. All right, nice. have a great afternoon and thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you, James. Thanks.